Well, our names are Teresa and Gumby. Welcome to Escaping Society. We wrote our own song so we wouldn't have to pay for anyone else's copyright infringement. And we live in a van and we eat from the trash. Making this podcast open for cash. You better listen up because we probably won't last. Because we can't compete with nonsense. Hypnotizing nonsense. Hello, welcome to Escaping Society, or welcome back if you've listened before. My name's Gumby. And I'm Teresa. And we have the best sound quality of any podcast you will likely listen to because we know the secret. We lean in. (laughs) So, let's see. Um, If you're new to our podcast, as our theme song says, which uh, will be uh, preceding this recording... um, we live in a van and we eat from the trash. Not so much trash anymore, ever since the pandemic um, and traveling up in the mountains. We just don't know all the good dumpsters. Um, more food pantries. But let's see, what's new with us? Um, well, let's see, we just got our last booster. So uh, we're <laughs> yeah. like uber vaccinated and like feeling great. Like well, I've never felt better after, what was that, the fifth or sixth booster? Yeah, and the new... The new vaccines that are coming out, I'm planning on getting those, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm already signed up. And uh, we've had a lot of time to think, you know, being out here in the woods. And uh, it turns out I really, like, I'm liking what Biden's doing. Like, (laughs) President Biden is good for America. He's good for us. I mean, he's just kind of good. That's the word that keeps coming to mind, good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to break my fast of not voting for all these years. And I am uh, signing up on the Democratic ticket and I really want to urge everybody out there listening, like, please vote Democrat this, mm. this November or whenever the hell the elections are. It's especially important this time. Yeah, it's it's really important. This is the one that's going to make the difference. And uh, God, what else is new? Well, as for me, um, as a white woman, I've been trying to eat more bland food. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, I've noticed. And um, she, she does the cooking, so we eat the bland food. Yes. And we, we love it as white people. We love bland food. <laughs> and uh, I've actually, I've I've given all my money away to charities for reparations. Wow. Yeah. And I really supported that. That was a good move. Um, yeah. Oh, and can, can I give the news? Yeah. Like right here? Sure. Teresa's pregnant. So Teresa's going to have a baby. And it's really like extra new for us because... I now identify as a woman, so it turns out we're a lesbian couple. <laughs> and do you know how hard it is to raise a baby in America as a lesbian couple right now? Well. An interracial lesbian couple. Yeah. Because I am actually a Latino woman. I didn't know that, but I always suspected because I, I really like Mexican food. I think it's Latinx. Yeah. Lati- thank you. Thank you so much. You're thank welcome. you for correcting me. Yeah. Somebody needed to. Thank you. I didn't want there to be any violence on our podcast. Okay. So now that we've kicked off with a lot of bullshit, none of that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's really been going on, Teresa? Well, I've been reading the Bible, and that is no lie. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, the New Testament specifically, I picked it up in a laundromat, and uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> um, I had no idea what the Bible actually consisted of. Have you read any of the New Testament? Because that's all I have on me. I read the Old Testament when I was like maybe a teenager, and I don't recall comprehending much of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I read the whole New Testament. I've kind of like peeked through it. Yeah. But through you sharing what you've read, it's been pretty mind-blowing. If I did read it before, it didn't really sink in because I don't remember any of the, the epiphanies you're having about the Bible. Okay. Now listen. I am, uh, I'm either going to tell you stuff you already know, which I'm sorry, or I'm going to blow your mind. The Bible is made up of like testimonies. The first couple books or gospels are like the same retelling of this very limited time in Jesus's life of like when he came back from wherever he was and what he did and what happened. And we know the story of Jesus. But then a good portion of the New Testament is just totally about this guy 
named Paul. Have you heard of Paul? He used to be called Saul when he was a bad guy. But then, like, Paul all of a sudden took over. And there's all these letters to all these people. Um, the Corinthians, the Philippians, the blah, blah, blah people, the Romans. Um, and he's, like, telling them all of maybe what they did wrong. Maybe how he loves them and he wants them to continue their good works of sending money for the saints. Yeah, I thought Paul was just another apostle. I'd heard of Paul, like Peter, Paul, and Mary, you know, all the, the usual names that come up. But I had no idea that he was responsible for writing, like, what percentage of the Bible? I mean, I know you haven't. Well, the New Testament, I mean. The New Testament. Mm, like half? Really? I would have thought more. <laughs> but at least half of the Bible is this little fucker Paul. I and, thought it was all about Jesus. And to be fair, I have not done any study into whether or not there's information on this guy, Paul. But he wasn't even around Jesus. He supposedly received the Holy Spirit after he was a really bad guy and like oversaw the death of one of the apostles or disciples of Jesus and like wanted to go out and round up all these other apostles and throw them in prison, 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 Hmm. and or kill them. And then all of a sudden he had this epiphany from the Holy Spirit. And now he's like in charge of bringing the gospel of Jesus to the Gentiles. Yeah. After God struck him blind and then he ran into one of the apostles, right? Who removed the scales from his eyes and, yeah, and he but could it, see. And now he's like yeah. imbued with the Holy Spirit. And but it Christian. wasn't it wasn't even like one of the original 11 or 12 apostles. It was like some other guy. Yeah. And it's so weird, man. The Bible is a lot weirder than I thought. You know, like when I grew up, I hated Christianity because all the Christians I knew were really judgmental and just full of shit. You know, they, they really represented like the kind of people I didn't like. As I've gotten older and done more hitchhiking and gone to food pantries and we've had like so many uh, Christians pick us up and help us out, I've come to really regard Christianity much in a much more favorable light. And now that I'm reading the Bible, it's like the big mystery to me is how the hell did this ever become a religion? Yeah. I mean, you got this one guy, Jesus, who, as Teresa said, is only mentioned in the very beginning of the Bible. Like, if you've heard of Jesus and, and some of the story, you probably know basically the whole story of Jesus because that's all they wrote in there. Or at least that's all that has been, that has remained in and, this book that we call the Bible. And clearly nobody is following Jesus's teachings. I mean, it's not even a debate. You look in the Bible, you know, he specifically over and over is telling people, give up all your possessions. Go help the poor. You know, he's, he's describing a specific way of life that's really clear. And, well, <laughs> it's kind of clear, but he expresses himself in all these parables that are kind of like, like Zen Cohen's. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of mysterious and like, huh, you couldn't have said that a little bit clearer. Because the original 12 disciples, like the guys that he kind of, that oh, Jesus man, picked Oh, man, after up. Jesus, is, it has been a fucking line of lunatics and fuck-ups, like starting with the apostles. Yeah. They were always, like, forgetting food and falling asleep when Jesus was, like, asking them to help him out. And, I mean, it's like it's like a, a bad comedy. <laughs> he kept telling them, like, I am going to die. They are going to kill me, and I'm going to be raised up from the dead, and I'm going to come visit you afterwards. And they're like, what is he talking about? What does he mean? Yeah. He's like, okay, time is short. I'm going to tell you straight. I am about to die. And they're like, what does he mean by that? Does he mean he's going to go to sleep? Yeah, and they do call <laughs> they call it that in the Bible, don't they? When people some, die, they say someone's gone to, gone to sleep. Sometimes, yeah. So it's it's weird. And I'm, to be fair, I'm not finished. I'm almost through the second letter from Peter, which is just before the letter of Jude, which is just before the revelation of John. But it's crazy because Paul is like the Antichrist. Like Jesus has this really specific message about like, um, I don't know, it's just a lot more like renouncing things, you know, being poor. Um, And then Paul takes over Christianity, which when you go to church and you like talk to Christians, they don't quote Jesus much. They're quoting Paul. A lot of those Christian things you've heard are Paul, and Paul is 
like <laughs> so much not Jesus. It's it's insane. So you've got these people that have adopted a religion that's named after a guy who they clearly don't follow his teachings. They don't even try. You know, I can see, all right, you're not measuring up. You didn't give up everything. Oh, you still got that comb in your pocket because you care how your hair looks. You know, you had to hold on to that. No, they're not even trying. These are people who are clearly, uh, uh, unabashedly accumulating stuff. This is Paul. Paul is the one who kind of encouraged this kind of thing. Jesus was totally against it. And then you start reading about Paul and these people aren't even following Paul really that well either. <laughs> well, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a baffling religion. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it just really struck me because this book called the Bible, I thought it was all about what Jesus said, but it's not. It's like all what Paul said. What do you think your biggest hmm, epiphany or surprise has been reading the Bible so far? You're almost done with it, right? Yeah. I knew uh, before the, the you answered that. The New Testament. The New Testament, yeah. I, uh, I've i read in a former episode, Anything Goes, um, St. Matthew chapter 6, which I always knew that I like St. Matthew, you know, a lot of the stuff he says in there, part of that story of Jesus. And uh, you just read to me James. The letter of James. The letter of James, I which is really any... good and poetic. It's uh, so much not Paul. I don't even know who James is, though. But who's your? what's your biggest epiphany or surprise reading the Bible so far or something that just like really struck you? Well, just, you know, the Bible itself is comprised not of really a lot of the teachings of Jesus. It's the testimonies or gospels. Like this is Matthew's version of what happened. This is Mark's version. This is Luke's version. This is uh, John's version, whatever, of what happened. And it was kind of like um, Carlos Castaneda's, like how he retold the things that happened with him and Don Juan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the same story being repeated, but you might reveal or understand something a little bit better in someone else's words. But then there's this huge portion in the middle, beginning with the letter to the Romans from Paul, and even in the middle of the book of Acts, which is supposed to be about like what the apostles did, like chapter, uh, I think it was definitely by chapter 13 in that it's all about Paul. It's Paul. It's the Paul show. And Paul is like, God help him. I don't know. Paul's a fucking lunatic. He's, he's very confused. I think he was either the worst person for the job or, the the best person so God could, like, show what not to do. I don't know. I'm not sure what I believe in, but Paul is not making me a believer. But oh. I just, but I guess the biggest epiphany was, like, what the Bible actually is. It's yeah. a, it is basically a collection of letters from Paul to various people telling them what they're doing wrong and how to be, which isn't what Jesus said. And then in the beginning, it's like, the story of Jesus over and over again from different people's perspectives. And it's not the whole story, and it's not really a whole lot about what Jesus said. Yeah. Yep. I I am definitely interested now to learn more about early Christianity because after talking with you as you're reading the Bible, one thing that I'm really more sure of than I was before is— well, I don't even know how to word that really, but uh, something happened 2,000 years ago mm-hmm. and in the following century. Something really mysterious that big parts are left out. That's one of the big things about the Bible is as you're reading it, it seems so fucking edited. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly missing parts, important parts. So I'm really now interested in that little section of history from – zero to 100 AD because <laughs> um, something really important happened there. And when you talk to me about the Bible, what it sounds like to me, I think Paul is controlled opposition. Mm-hmm. I think Paul got infiltrated by the state. Um, I think Christianity, for some mysterious reason, because it didn't seem like it was getting off to a very good start, but I think something in that was very threatening for some reason I don't understand. And this is part of the mystery that I'd like to find more information on, if there is any information. Um, But it got co-opted. And then I think they bought out Paul. 
Now, what I don't know is how much Paul was involved. Paul mm. might have just been a lunatic that they were exploiting for their own purposes, or Paul might have been in on something. But it's clear to me that Paul was compromised, because when you read the Bible and you just pick out what Jesus said, and then you compare it with this l- just tirades of Paul, there's a disconnect there. They fucking, as soon as Jesus was dead, they veered that in a whole different direction. And the result of Christianity now is that veered direction where you don't have to do anything Jesus said. And Jesus has got this tone, as you're expressing it to me, <laughs> of impatience. You know, he's, he's constantly getting impatient with his apostles and everything. Like, I'm telling you what to do. You guys are fucking, like, falling asleep and forgetting <laughs> the bread when we're going to have a picnic. And we, you just are, you're fucking up. And not having faith. And not having faith. You know, so... Yeah. And I'm also impressed. I don't want to just like kick Christianity in the balls like Paul. I am also still impressed with Christianity because I think that message Jesus had is so powerful that even in the polluted form now, yeah, yeah, you still can go to almost any town in America. And if you need help, just people that aren't trying to sell you anything, that aren't trying to like, oh, well, you need to do this, but just are willing to give. More often than not, it's going to be a group of Christians. That's powerful. So even if, like, they're not renouncing everything and following Jesus, even that little thread of his message, if it had that much of an impact 2,000 years later, that's pretty spectacular. Yeah, because you don't see too many Hindus or Buddhists having food pantries. No. I I don't know much about uh, Hindu. How, How do you say that in the context I'm trying to say? Hindi? Hindu religion. Hindu religion? Yeah. But I do know about Buddhism, and they talk about loving kindness and giving and all the stuff Christians do, but they don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So good on Christians for that. But uh, I feel like we need to back up a little bit. I'm surprised you just launched right into Christianity. I guess that's like foremost on your mind. But we've been off the air for quite some months. Um, So maybe a little bit in the way of explanation to our listeners. Um, For one thing, is there anything you in broad strokes or, you know, I don't want to limit you if there's any details like, you know, you got into Christianity, but to kind of recap (laughs) of what we've been doing or why are we coming back online? When we quit, we were done. Like that last episode, it was. I wrote the end when I uh, shared it and uh, it was. I was done. So why are we doing another episode? Uh, Because almost all the other podcasts out there suck. And, um, I gotta say, that's really the reason for me too. I'd yeah. like to say it's because we thought we didn't have anything to say anymore and we do, but no, <laughs> we still don't really have shit to talk about and don't know what the fuck we're doing, but we were looking for podcasts and we were just amazed that even the ones that, uh, were around when we stopped doing our episodes, they went downhill badly and, uh, we just found ourselves listening to our own episodes and preferring them, which <laughs> not I know, all of them masturbatory. Mm-hmm. Um, God knows, not all of them. Some of them, man. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Yeah. But yeah, and so we just decided, man, why not? Why don't we talk about bullshit? So that's what we're doing. And uh, we also feel like living out here in the van. Like right now, we're at the end of a two-week uh, stay at a free campsite in the mountains, which is. Our uh, kind of thing we're doing now to escape the heat, like for the past few years living in a van. And we've been in a van for over three years, almost four years, right? Come in April. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it gives us a unique perspective, time to think. Maybe just uh, different thoughts than other people are sharing. So that's yeah. a, that's always my hope. It was my hope before and it's my hope now, bringing back the episodes. And for those of you... And we got a little bit bored. Yeah. For those of you who didn't listen before... Um, we are out here in the woods generally, well, generally all the time, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, specifically in the summer. And we've been only having access to the uh, the rest of the world here, either from cars passing by and telling us little details or when we go to town about once a week. Yeah. And I'm going to try not to get into too many current events because we are yeah. more ignorant than we've ever been before. I mean, a lot has happened since we did our last episode, Roe versus Wade get overturned. Um, last time I was online, there seemed to be a big hubbub about uh, something Biden said about forgiving student debt. 
Um, but and we just, we don't really, like we're out here in the middle of the woods in the mountains with no Wi-Fi, no phones. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, our life doesn't really feel tied to that. And it's so good in a lot of ways because all of these daily things that are presented to people in the news, we don't have to worry about. I mean, how many times do you freak out for a day or two or maybe a week and then it's like, oh, that's gone. Oh, but there's something new. (laughs) And I just keep saying to Gumby, you know, the only thing we really have to worry about out here is, uh, is it going to rain? And I'd say one new thing, like we're still doing what we did before as in being around Durham, North Carolina in the, uh, the Piedmont, kind of the lower elevations during winter so we can avoid some of the snow and harsher weather. And coming up to the mountains, we are slowly trying to extend our time in the mountains. Um, last time we went back to Durham, man, it was a hard winter. I mean, I lost my mom in February on a personal you know, level, how hard that was. And then just environmentally, um, we were in some kind of drought where water sources that we had depended on that had never failed us were gone. Um, there was just stagnant, dirty, smelly water sitting there. It's like, I don't know if it was a bad winter all around or if it's a trend, but uh, Durham seems to kind of be going down the toilet, that whole area. Now that my mom's gone, that's a big reason why I would go back to Durham to visit her. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to kind of find <laughs> our new pacing, what our new life needs to look like. So we're ex- slowly extending our time in the mountains, like right now, September, um, is usually when we think about going back. But we're not going back until October this year. We're going to try to push the bookends and stay in the mountains more. Um, and we're also trying to be move as little as possible. So for the first time, we're using all these free campsites we've mapped. How, how many from uh, Waynesboro, Virginia, down to Cherokee, North Carolina, have we found so far? I think over 10. Yeah, like at least over 10 free campsites. And most of them, you can stay there for two weeks. So we've never stayed there for the full two weeks. We usually stay there for a few days, maybe a week. This year, we're staying for the full two weeks at every campsite. So we're making a tank of gas last like a month in our minivan. And since Teresa and I take turns paying for that tank of gas, we only have to pay for this expensive-ass gas every other month. So that's been one big perk of this. And um, getting to know these places Mm -hmm. has been so cool because we thought we knew them. Right now, we're at a place called Victor Road that's off the Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina. And it's a place if you would ask me before, I'd have said, oh, yeah, I know Victor Road down there by the creek and all this stuff. But spending two (laughs) weeks here, um, we have really explored it. And what we try to do is... We'll go to town during our two-week stay there if we're kind of near a town about twice in that two-week stay. And if we're not near a town like we are here at Victor Road, once. So a whole week out in the woods, go into town once, come back another week, and then we move on. Um, Within that time that we're out here to kind of break things up, we've developed some routines. And, uh, you know, kind of when we first started Escaping Society, we wanted to really speak to people who are doing things similar to us, like living in a van. So that's kind of why I'm going into the details of our little routine here, because you might go a little crazy, especially if you don't have a phone and Wi-Fi and stuff. Oh, my God. We've met people. Yeah. And they did go a little crazy. Some I think they're followers of Paul. Something. Um, so what we do is we'll have a day at camp, and I have been on fire with projects, so I've always got stuff to work on. Teresa tends to do a lot of cooking and stuff like that during her day at camp, but it's kind of a day just loafing around camp, you know. Reading. Being here, reading, reading the Bible. (laughs) And then every other day, we go on a long hike. So we try to go someplace, some trail, even some road that we've never been before, Um, and man, those hikes have been really cool in, in... showing us things we didn't know about the areas we are and how they connect. Like we'll go in one area and take a long hike and like, bam, we're at another area that we know. It's like, whoa, we didn't know these connected. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Found some uh, abandoned houses. Yeah. And I crank up the van like every other day to keep the battery from dying and listen to five songs. And um, it's so cool listening to five songs every other day because those five songs, instead of just being background noise, a song you've heard a, a million times, you really listen. You know, it, it becomes special. It becomes more like a little concert. 
And uh, during that time when the van's running, we charge up whatever stuff we can in the van. And um, we tend to have enough charge between our two breaking down laptops um, <laughs> to watch a movie. So if we're out here for a week, movie night will be whatever day falls right in the middle of that week. And gives us something to look forward to. Like, oh, movie night. We get to watch one of those DVDs we've seen a hundred times. Yeah. I was... We get really stinking high and we watch that movie. <laughs> And one of our laptops is like the thing that holds the screen up is broken. So like halfway, you got to be ready to like jump in there and like grab the screen before it slams shut when Sherlock like kicks into sleep or something. So <laughs> Sherlock's our dog. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So. I was gonna say there was a a time when uh, I met briefly this uh, this couple, young couple that were sort of out in the country, and it was the day that they were going to town. And the the woman, she was like, oh, going to town, we're going to town. And she was just like over the moon excited. And I thought, wow, this is like a really backwards place. And now I'm like, it's movie night, it's movie night. I'm not even going to town, but I'm going to like have fun. Yeah, and I kind of feel like <laughs> that about going to town too. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like what I imagine it might have been in like in the 1800s or early 1900s when you live like way out in the boonies and you'd pack up the wagon and like you'd go to town not just for like to pick up that one thing you forgot at the store but you would do all your errands it was a big thing to go into town and that's kind of the way it is for us we go into town and we've got a laundry list we've got a very busy time in town yeah so uh it's kind of neat uh relating to town in that way and we've walked some of those old roads or paths that people took in the mountains here and uh i can see why they only would go to town not a lot. Oh, the mountains are riddled with these old wagon roads. And it's crazy, like, how some of them are, you know, like the steep grades and stuff of these wagons. Teresa's smacking mosquitoes on my bald head. <laughs> Just without you asking. Aware. I'm going to wait for a mosquito on your cheek. Just uh, without asking. Yeah. Smack you on the head. I figured you'd know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I was assuming there was a mosquito. We haven't been bugged by uh, bugs a whole lot this summer. Yeah, I'm kind of torn about that. I mean, I don't miss all the bugs and, you know, having to use the screen so much. And But I'm kind of concerned. I mean, there's usually supposed to be bugs. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's kind of, I feel like that about a lot of things, you know. Like, you get these beautiful days in the middle of winter and it's like, you know, you want to enjoy it. And I, I, I think you should. But it's also kind of concerning and I don't know. I don't know with all this climate stuff and everything. It's hard to pick well, in, you know, how much is something to be alarmed about and how much is just like the climate doing what it's always done. I mean, and you've Who said, you've said like nothing is going to stay the same forever. Everything's in a state of change. So I'm not uh, promoting people using chemicals all over the place. But if our dog is by chance eating all of the the bees that um that's where the bees are going mm-hmm. he eats bees <laughs> and sherlock has had his usual brush with death like uh yeah. at one of the campsites he got sick we're not sure why and had this really explosive diarrhea and his legs stopped working for a few nights like once again like it's happened several times now we thought all right he's dying you know, and he really was really bad this time, like dehydration, I think. It, there's something going on in his body where, like, the electrolytes or Brondo or something is <laughs> not kicking in and we don't catch it in time or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a complex system. And he's 12 and a half years old, so, you know, I guess you go through stuff. But, yeah, and then he starts trying to bite these bees and sometimes they fight back. And uh, he gets like a big swollen lip or something like that. So it's ridiculous. Sherlock. So what do you want to talk about, Teresa? Well, I wanted to mention uh, something that might be helpful to people who either don't know how to get a video off of YouTube to watch offline um, because they're like me and they don't have any anybody to like tell them how to do that. Or you have a device that you can't figure out. Like I used to have YouTube Premium for a little bit of time. I paid for that monthly thing so we could download videos and watch them for, you know, research for our podcast or just for our own entertainment. I know YouTube doesn't have like 
all the great videos, but the free videos you can download onto your laptop by using a program called VLC Player or VLC Media or something like that. And I would suggest if you're interested in this, Googling um, how to download YouTube video and look for, you might even include this in your Google search. It's by Business Insider. And I am specifically using the VLC media player that I already had on my laptop. But it's like four or five steps. And depending on the length of the video, it could take a little bit of time to download. But it works. And my God, I mean... For somebody that has uh, an old uh, Android phone, I don't even know when it was made, but my mom gave it to me because she said it wasn't working anymore. And it does for now. Um, the YouTube premium thing said, oh, we, we don't support your phone anymore or your device. And uh, so I am using my old ass laptop from like 2013, 2012. It's got like painter's blue tape holding it together. But... It works. So check that out. Yeah, if you're like most people and have Wi-Fi constantly, that's probably not a big deal. But for us, um, it's been really handy, like for my projects, to download videos on how to do stuff and then be able to, like, look at that when we're here in the woods. Um, God, projects. Man, I've made seat covers for the van. I've made armrest covers with knitting and crocheting. I made a seat cover with an old towel and then a seat cover on the driver's side with plastic bags, plastic bag weaving. We got a, a video on our YouTube channel of that, Gumby Montgomery YouTube channel. Made headrest, knit and crochet. Um, man, what else have I been working on this summer? Hats? Yeah, you knitted and crocheted a bunch of beautiful warm, I mean, cold weather hats. Yeah, like six hats and then two... Those are beanies, like kind of the little, you know, beanie. And uh, then two knitted hats that apparently up north they called toques. So I've got all these hats. I crocheted a backpack. Um, I made a big cattail grass hat for Teresa, and I made a cattail fedora for myself. Oh, maybe we got yellow jackets flying all around us. That's another thing this summer. We've had, like, yellow jackets uh in most campsites we've gone to and they're just kind of like rude they're not sometimes yeah they're not generally dangerous i don't think i've been stung once by them and they're like <laughs> crawling on us and like yeah you just gotta get in our business they're not bad neighbors um they're just getting to be right now what was i talking about your projects yeah cattail hats yeah i made a cattail fedora backpack um we found this cool burl at one of our campsites, and I made a spoon out of that. Been coal, I've been using a magnifying glass to burn in, like, words and designs. And uh, the most fun thing I've worked on, maybe ever, is flutes. I started off with a PVC, and I was, like, dumpster diving, trying to find a three-quarter-inch piece of white PVC pipe, which is what I needed. And damn, if the first morning I was looking for it, I didn't find one just laying on the side of the road. Next to the Lowe's, right? Yeah, next to the Lowe's. Why is that important? (laughs) Lowe's. Lowe's Home Improvement. Yeah. Shop there. So if that has any significance for you, (laughs) yes, next to the Lowe's. We're not sponsored by anybody. And I made, like, I'm working on native flutes and cross flutes, and then I finally got some bamboo that I had to steal out of somebody's front yard. So that's been so much fun to work on a project (laughs) that makes noise. And now I'm working on foot stuff. So I made myself a pair of wadaji, and I'm learning how to knit socks. When you live with a Gumby, you have to be ready for him to trespass in someone's very expensive yard to get some of their potentially ornamental bamboo and then proceed to strap it leaves and all on yeah, top I didn't of have the van time to shave it down so it was like this big <laughs> bushel of stuff like i it was hanging in the the windshield <laughs> it looked like you were trying to hide but it wasn't working cuz yeah. you weren't in a bamboo grove it was like a ghillie suit for the van <laughs> But I made 10 flutes before I finally, like, my months were up that I, I dedicated to working on flutes, and I stopped. But uh, 
I'm going to try to play something on one of my favorite flutes. This is a cross flute. I call it the battle flute because when I made it, it looked like it would kick somebody's ass. It mm-hmm. looks like a little like baton and it's kind of weighted with a cork in one end. But uh, yeah, this is how, how they sound if I don't screw this up. and if you recognize that tune then we probably grew up around the same time (laughs) back to me well you got anything you want to say uh we've met a number of interesting people this summer i wish that i could have written all the details down um for a while i gotta load up some weed I remember specifically I wanted to talk about a number of old old people that we've met and how pretty much consistently across the board um, our elders, if you want to call them that, our, our old folks are worried about their kids and their grandkids. Yeah, we've been around this summer more than one older person who has moved to tears by the state of things now and thinking about their grandchildren and just the mess they're inheriting. Yeah. And I know that's kind of too little too late, but um, just think about when you become old, if you're going to be, if you become old, if you're going to be brought to tears by that as well. So, you know, we can point fingers and blame, but, uh, but ultimately, All we can do is work on ourselves. And one of the things that uh, bothers me is how we normalize things. So these things that like, you know, kids growing up now, they aren't going to find it unusual for everybody to be constantly reliant on a smartphone, constantly on Wi-Fi. It's going to seem like the most natural thing. Like, of course, like how else do you expect to do things? And That's one of the things that I feel like old people have really dropped the ball on is you went along with it. You know what I mean? Like it was a very unusual thing and I don't feel like it was contrasted enough. It was fought enough. It was so eagerly like old people are some of the biggest culprits of using this crap and getting addicted to it and getting worked up Mm -hmm. over what they see on it. So that. That bothers me. And, you know, it's not, you know, there's been a lot of bad talk about baby boomers and stuff. I'm not trying to throw any generation under the bus, um, at least not right now. But, man, why aren't we all heading down that road? I mean, we just keep doing it. We keep modeling uh, compliance and dependence and all the things that just keep us going down this road. And then you have somebody every now and then, like Jesus, that comes along and he's like, you don't need all this shit. Even back then. Imagine if Jesus showed up now, you know? <laughs> you don't need all this shit. Have We'd kill faith. Him. We'd kill him. Consider the lilies of the field, motherfucker. That's what Jesus would say. No, that's what Paul would say. Paul was after the motherfuckers, right? Well, he definitely frowned upon it. Yeah, and specifically in the Bible. Don't fuck your mother. Jesus didn't get that specific. He was kind of doing broad strokes because he didn't have much <laughs> time. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's just um, to watch... An older person, a person older than me, crying. I mean, like Gumby said, moved to tears because they are concerned about what they're leaving. So I don't know. I I just wanted to mention that because I didn't know if you, listener, knew that. And you might be like, fuck them old people tears, but I maybe... Maybe it'll strike a chord in you at some point in the future, um, maybe before it's too late. Yeah, I listened to some of our sentiments early on, and I was like really hard on our uh, the generations that on. preceded us. Uh, the generations <laughs> that preceded us. Um, but <laughs> are we breaking free, or what are we doing? You know, like how hard can I be on them? The the older I get, the more I understand some of the behavior of the older people, because. Uh, I'm like, oh, here's how you get to that. 
Now I get it. Oh, that, that thought isn't right there in your head. Like you got to search for it and you can't remember what the hell you walked into a room for. Now I get it. So I've got more sympathy, but it doesn't take away any of the responsibility. If, if this trajectory is to be broken, it's always on us. If you're alive, it's on you, whether you're old or young. Um, and speaking of old people, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk about a few things this these two weeks at Victor Road, we've had one old guy visit us, and we ran into him last year. It's kind of funny because there's certain campsites out here that come with a person. <laughs> you got to just accept that. Yeah. Because like, they're free campsites. There's one free campsite uh, further south, Wash Creek, that comes with this guy that's homeless, that lives out there, that's... Uh, I mean, I guess everybody's crazy. I was going to say he's crazy, but I guess everybody's crazy. But he comes with a campsite. You're going to run into this guy. He's going to somehow cross paths with you at that campsite. And uh, interesting guy. Once again, staying like we didn't stay two weeks there because we had to go back to do pet sitting in Durham. But uh, got to know him better. And there's an old guy here that's like he's descended from a guy that is featured in the visitor center of Mount Mitchell, the tallest mountain on the east, or, uh, east of the Mississippi. Or east of like the that. Mississippi. And this guy's featured prominently, Big Tom. Um, he was is... the guy that, Big Tom was the guy that the first expedition that um, Dr. Elisha, I think that's how you pronounce it. Mitchell. Mitchell, who Mount Mitchell was named after. Big Tom was a bear hunter and he took Dr. Mitchell up to the top so that he could do um, measurements to to prove that it was the tallest mountain on, on the eastern seaboard or however you want to call it. And uh, the guy's name, Big Tom. And in the display, in the visitor center at Mount Mitchell, they have this, like, really corny, like, 1950s display of Big Tom. And it, and it, ha- it comes with, like, a little bit of his uh, Confederate soldier background. And at the end, he says, If I hadn't a seed you... I wouldn't have knowed you. Yeah, so, I'm glad I seen you. So <laughs> when this guy shows up at our campsite, his name is Sam, um, I bring that up and he laughs or he said, I'm glad I seen you. <laughs> so this guy, he's an interesting guy and he's a fountain of wealth and knowledge of these mountains. He grew up here. He's like generations deep here. But uh, one thing I wanted to talk about you know, and there's so much like that he brings that this is just one thing I'm isolating because I thought it was interesting. So like some old white people, he uses the uh, N-word. Oh. Now, I wanted to talk about the N-word a little bit. Now, I, I, I'm saying the N-word now. I guess maybe I'm trying to be more delicate. You know, I've just come out with it. We all know what the N-word is. And I do find the word kind of vulgar. There are times that I'm going to say it because I'm not like I'm quoting somebody and I don't feel like there should be a word that we're so scared of that it can't be spoken aloud. Mm-hmm. But you got to be mindful with it. I mean, you got to be mindful with all your words. But there's some words that are very triggering that you really got to be mindful of what you mean, how you're using it. And he's one of these old white guys that just says it out in public. Like we ran into him at an overlook and he's just talking about, you know, bleep, bleep. It's like, well, oh, man. And to be fair, he was... Using the word, I think you said it best, we were talking about this the other night, Gumby, uh, kind of to see if we were in the club. That, yeah, that's something else I don't like about that, is often the feeling I get from, like, kind of country folk that use the word, is they use it excessively, and they could talk about any damn thing. We're, we don't bring the conversation here. It's almost like they're checking to see if we're in the white club. But and and, and I don't like that. And also... Just so we're not uh, coloring this situation, he was not referring to a person at the time. He was referring to what his father or grandfather called a yellow pine tree. Oh, but you know damn well he was reveling in that word. And you well, know yeah. that he has used that word in very other different contexts. So yes. he, he brought that up because he liked the word and because, yeah. It was an unnecessary thing to say. He brought it up because he liked the word. Yeah, yeah. We know that from how he's used the word before. So my association with this word is I grew up, like, all my friends were black at one time. We were really poor, poorest people in the neighborhood, and the only white people in the neighborhood. I grew up with a taboo around that word. You didn't say that word, period. And at the time, in the 80s, you didn't hear black people use that word much either. 
Then as I got older, you know, still didn't like the word, but black people would use the word all the time. I'd fucking hear like uh, a car roll up beside me and I don't like the word. It's a vulgar word. It's an insulting word. And I hear this like, nigga me this, nigga me that, nigga my dog and nigga my cat. And it's like, I don't want to hear that fucking shit. And I get this liberal bullshit like, oh, they're taking the word back. They're, it's empowering. Fucking bullshit. White people came up with the word. If anybody's going to take the word back, it would be white people. <laughs> I don't know where that word came you from. You know what black people are doing. They're appropriating our word. I don't know where that word came from. All right. We can find out more, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I bet it didn't come from Africa. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. You want to bet money? No, because I'll bet you. I'm not a betting person because I generally lose. But, but. I will say <laughs> that there is the color black. And in, I think, the Romance languages, it's generally, it's said in like Spanish as negro. Now, I know that's not the N word. I don't think it's related, actually. I think that's a, uh, I think it's more related to words like niggardly who didn't have anything to do mm. with black people. It was like a miser. Mm-hmm. So a rich white person, you know, you would probably be most apt to call, wow, he's being mighty niggardly with his his <laughs> filet mignon, you know. But anyway, I didn't like the word. I, I feel like over time it got more and more like in my face. I don't want to hear it. And it's just blared out like on a loudspeaker. And it's like kind of dangled in front of your face like, ha ha, you can't say the word. And it's just like, I'd be cool if we were getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. If we just like, it's a bad word. Like black people are like, that offends me. Yeah. I'm like, I get that. Yeah. I don't like the word either. Let's just not say it. But, but it's like mixed that signals. is not the culture. Yeah. It's more like we're going to get you back by dangling the shit. It, it has a whole different tone. It's really rude and, and confusing. But anyway, I met Teresa. That's a word that like I just didn't use. Now, Teresa is clearly not racist. She, at the time, was renting a room in a house with a, a black family. She still remains good friends and gets together when we go to, to, into Durham to have lunch with this black woman. She, all of her friends, most of her friends were like Indian, people of color. Mm-hmm. Clearly not racist. But Teresa, with her sense of humor, uh, decides to like bring that word up sometimes, often to call me the word. So, you know, I got more comfortable with that word with Teresa. Because we have an understanding. I recognize that Teresa doesn't doesn't consider me racist. I don't consider you racist. It's not about that. Most of the time we do use the word about each other. And it's not because... Like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, coffee nigga! Uh, I recognize also that I do not have any sort of black privilege to say that word. Yeah. I don't know what that meant, but... I don't even remember like the context that I said it, but I try not to say that word. Unless you well, do Teresa that little song. Well, Teresa and I seem to have different memories of this. Yeah. I remember Teresa introducing the word, and, like, I didn't have a big problem with it. It's like, I know this is not, like, who's around to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, what, the word is so powerfully evil? If it's that powerfully evil, why the fuck do I have to hear it at 1 o'clock in the morning when I go in the city? Mm-hmm. Like, let it go if it's black magic, so to speak. Mm. But. We don't use that word anymore. Anyway, damn. I'm really trying to get to this point. <laughs> <sighs> so. That's where we stood with the N-word. Now I run into, like, you know, this guy, for instance, some of these old white country people, using the word, and I don't like the way they use it. It's got the old white connotation. It's got that kind of, like, you know, they're less than me kind of thing. And it puts me in a bind because I'm sitting there and, like, wondering what is the appropriate response that word really turns me off i don't like being around other white people using the word like that unless i know them very well and i understand the joke like if it's some white person just showing up and like we're in the white club so we like talk about other people like that i can't stand that it fucking it's nails on a chalkboard for me but i don't know how to react yeah me either I also respect this person, especially an older person. I recognize they come from a different time. I recognize they've got a lot of other things to share, but it's a really hard thing for me to overlook. And, uh, you know, do I just walk away? Like, do you just not associate with people like that? I don't want to do that because these people are our elders. There's even if an old person has nothing but bad habits, that's still an elder. They're teaching you something because, as you once said in a podcast, what if wisdom is just 
the accumulation of longer life yeah. experience. Yeah. There's no experience that wouldn't be valuable in some way, educational, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, even to even to have this discussion because I'm not trying to um, have a debate as to whether or not the word should be used or shouldn't be used, but I'm trying desperately to figure out what to do. What do I do so, if I feel like I have to do something? I decided what I was going to do. <laughs> I thought about this, and I thought about it, and I finally came up with a strategy. And I don't think you're going to find this in Ibram X. Kendi or How Not how to Be an Anti-Racist. This is <laughs> a, a Gumby, Gumby original. <laughs> and he showed up today. This is our last day at the campsite, and this is the, the area that we're going to run into Sam. This is his territory, so we're probably not going to see him anymore for a year. But he didn't say the word. I never saw the opportunity to use what I was going to do. And what I was going to say is, well, you know, Sam, where I'm from... We call people from Ireland tater niggers. So, <laughs> you know, we don't discriminate around here. Like, you know, hell, we're sitting right here at this campfire with a tater nigger. I got no hate. But I'm not sure he's Irish. He might be Scottish. No, he Scotch-Irish. Either oh, Scott-Irish. Oh, you're... Uh, <laughs> and if he uh, said, well, I ain't Irish, I'm Scottish, I'm going to be like, well, I don't hate I don't hate skirt niggers either. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so that's we'll going to be my response. Like, how do you like being called that? Yeah. You know, that that is something that feels like at least it's something. I hate sitting there squirming. I feel like oh, God, I need yeah. a response. I need to feel good about the way I'm responding to something. And when it's something that I can't find the response for... I hate that. I hate that feeling of sitting there just squirming like, oh, man, how do I handle this? Nothing seems right. So that's going to be the way I feel like I've done something proactive. Mm-hmm. I'll turn the tables on. Because, again, I mean, not um, not to, like, put you in a light where you don't care about, like, black people or whatever. Well, it depends on the black person. I generally don't care about people. Fuck them. Yeah. If it's a cool black person, yeah. same as a cool white person. But it's the way in which it's being used. The word is not being used. It's not, it's like, it's rarely even being used to talk about a person so much as, like, they want to just use the word in some way to shock and awe you. To see if you're in with the club. Flynn. <laughs> yeah. And there are many clubs. I, I don't know that there are any clubs I actually want to be a part of, but that's definitely not one. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm, I have white guilt. I actually feel pretty damn good about being white. And I want to like convey a message of like, you know, everything that happened to the other cultures of people where they're claiming victimhood, it fucking happened to the white people too. And everything that white people became after that happened... So did they. So did the black and brown and red people. Mm-hmm. It's a human problem that we've gone through. And the white people, if you really read history, it was the brown people who showed up on their shores and spread this shit. It wasn't us who got it started. Mm-hmm. But, of course, everybody puts their own spin on it, their own interpretation. So, anyway, that's all to say that, you know, I don't go for the white guilt. I think that uh, we need to find as much in our community and our culture to help our people as much as any other group. And the white people, just because they have uh, maybe been on top more, um, there is no top to this game. Like, it drives you crazy. So anyway. Um, yeah, write in and let us know if there is a, a method that you've used and uh, or if you haven't used it, but we don't want to get punched in the face. So probably something that works would be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can beat my method. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody could. That's a good one. All right, Teresa, have you got... I was going to mention, like, a couple of other things that happened to us this week, but you got something else you want to talk about? Not not really. I mean, I do. I really definitely made a list of things to talk about this time, but they could be spoken about in another podcast if we need to as well. Well, two things that happened here at this site for me that really were special is, one, we've been up here in bear territory for years, and sometimes we'll see a bear, and it'll be, you know, usually at a distance, usually running away, um, never uh, threatening us or bothering us. Um, But I never see bear tracks. I see trails that are like, I think that's probably a bear trail, but I'm not sure. I see scat that's like, "Eh, it's not like textbook bear scat. It could be coyote, but I think it's bear scat. But never that cookie cutter, like, oh, shit, that's bear. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something I've, like, 
that's gold. That's my holy grail is to get like a clear bear sign. So we're walking along this trail the other day, one of those old wagon roads, and uh, just cookie cutter perfect black bear tracks. And at first I thought they were human tracks. And that's one of the cool things. If you've never seen black bear tracks, especially like in the context of being out in the wild, it one of the most eerie things about it is they look so human. They are our close relatives. You can see it in the track. And I had a whole string of them through all this mud to follow, to see like where his head was down, to see he's walking at a pacer gate, the, the baseline, you know, that a bear walks calm. And then we got to see where he stopped and turned like his head at this one place, a bend in the creek, where the creek comes really close to the path. And he just stops and pause, pauses and listens and looks. I guess just see if there's any opportunity for something interesting there. And then he picks up speed for some reason. He moves into a diagonal walk like a dog or a, a deer. But that's a little bit faster than a bear would prefer to walk. So we got to see that basically twice because that time the bear tracks were a day old. We know that because it had rained really heavy. And uh, I did indexing, you know, where I'd push my, my thumb into the mud next to the bear track. And it didn't look anything like the edges were totally different. and The color was different. But a uh, couple days after that, we walked the same trail, and there were tracks that were identical to our own fresh tracks. This bear had probably been there moments before. Um, I'm not that good at aging. It could have been that morning, but it definitely was, like, recent. And we saw him do all the same stuff. It was so cool to see him do his routine. He stopped at the same bend of the river. I say he. It could have been a she. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But there the was one that thing, one. That was that one place where the bear looked like it slipped and then caught itself on on another foot. Yeah, and it looked like it turned around at one point, and then ran into the woods soon after that. I think it was because it heard us behind him. So that was super cool to see all those bear tracks. Um, I've heard that just a couple hundred years ago there was no expedition into the wilderness around here that didn't record a bear attack. They were really common, but in that time. The theory is that they have learned about to associate guns with people, and so now they're a lot more skittish. But, uh, man, to me, that just speaks to how smart they are, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad they're still out there. I mean, you can feel this presence of another large mammal if you've always been in a place that doesn't have them. It's got a feel to it. If you're around buffalo or moose or black bear, but a mammal that's bigger than you, the woods feel different, and it feels kind of special and magical. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was yesterday. Now, we haven't had rain like we got yesterday in a long time. We were boxed into the van all day, pouring, pouring rain. So think about that. You're in a minivan with another person and a dog. (laughs) Pouring rain. Thank God it was a cool day in the mountains. Um, so we didn't have to worry about the heat as much. It was kind of cozy being in sleeping bags. It was cool. And we had our front porch up so we could have one window down. Yeah. Thank God for that too. Yeah. We, we could have one window down because the tarp was attached to the van. Um, Teresa's reading her Bible and, uh, <laughs> I'm knitting my socks. Oh my just God. Just like a couple of little old Southern ladies wow. knitting socks and reading the Bible. Oh my God. We but, really have become mountain folk. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point. We got to take a shit. Oh. So, <laughs> when it's my turn, Teresa went first, brave intrepid soul, and, uh... Naked. Oh, you went naked too? Yeah. Yeah. So, Teresa went naked, and think about going out in the rain. Like, we don't have rain gear, and even if you do have rain gear, I mean, it doesn't work that good. And what the hell are you going to do with it in a van? You know? So, it's like... We're out here in the middle of nowhere. We got our campsite. Odds are really, really low we're going to see anybody. Um, not to get our clothes wet. It's easier just to run off naked, get wet, take a shit, and then, like, towel off and get back into your warm bed. But the worst part is the toilet paper. Yeah. In the rain. So I decided, I f- screw this shit, I was going to evolve. So... I decide Teresa's got a good idea. I'm going to run out there naked in this pouring rain, take my shit. Toilet paper I know is going to be a fucking nightmare. It's just going to turn into goop. You're going to be wiping, like, paste in your ass, and then you're going to have a a mixture of shit and paste on your fingers. I wanted to skip all that. So I decided to go full rewild animal. I went out naked, 
and I took a shit in the rain with no toilet paper, and I walked my ass right over to the creek, which I know, I know, we try to shit away from the water whenever possible, but this was a special circumstance. (laughs) I get the general, like, don't shit near the water. I agree. I totally agree. But I feel like I feel good about this. Yeah. So I went and I squatted in this, like, raging stream. It's a little tiny stream, but it was raining like hell that day, so it was full for that stream. And, uh, you know, used that current and got my ass clean, like, you know, it's it, if you never cleaned your own asshole before, like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Look, you may not know a lot of things about your asshole if you have not interacted with yourself in that way. Go ahead. Fingers. Yes. Not a washcloth. On your little rubbery asshole. Yeah. It's. Yeah. You gotta do it. I'm telling you, you're a freak. <laughs> you are. I know. I'm not saying that you you would necessarily like it, but you need to do it. Because you're already a freak. So why not touch your own butthole? (laughs) Okay. So you're taking it in a whole different direction. But... It will change the world. Yeah, I got to agree with all that. I did touch my own butthole and it did change the world. There you go. And I felt so wild. Like (laughs) shitting without wiping your ass. That's one of the... Naked. I just read a book by Jared Diamond called The Third Chimpanzee. And it's all about the thing that makes us... What makes us different from other animals? That's one of those things. Wiping your ass. Yeah. And then nobody talks about it. But, yeah. And another thing that was really cool about this is the mindset when I went out. If I am wearing clothes, I hate going out in the rain like that. I'm cold. It's miserable. And then the toilet paper is just such a, a pain in the ass. <laughs> and, but when I went out naked with no toilet paper... I went out relaxed. I went out resigned to the rain. I can't say it was like, oh, rain. But it also wasn't like, oh, rain. It was just a fact. It's like, oh, my shit in the rain. Scraped out a little depression, took my shit, covered it up, broke a couple sticks, made an X like I usually do, and then walked over to the stream and washed up and came back and stood under our little tarp front porch and toweled off and got back in bed. And it just felt like I didn't need to wipe as much. That was another thing is I think that resignation, I was more relaxed. Mm. You ever wonder why your butt cheeks get so shitty and other animals just like pop <laughs> it out, walk away? You're going to make me snort out my applesauce. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Have you, haven't you wondered that? Yes. Yes. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. We're uptight about taking a shit. Try it next time it's raining. Like... Find a little place, get naked. <laughs> I know everybody's going to do this. Yeah. Find a little place, get naked, like just squatting on the ground, you know, dig a little trench, cover it up, and then just walk to the nearest body of water and like walk it, like wipe it off. I'm not worried about there being an epidemic of people shitting in the water all of a sudden. If you're doing that already, I mean, I don't think I'm encouraging you. And if you ain't doing it, I don't think you're suddenly going to be a water shitter. A water shitter. A water shitter. We don't need you're any not, more water shitters. You're not shitting in the water. You're cleaning exactly. your butt end. And what you're going to find, I suspect, is there's less to clean than you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't have the ability to, like, go outside and do that, at least try the water method of cleaning your butthole with your fingers by using, like, an old uh, plastic bottle or something. You fill it up with water. Use it like your own personal bidet. Well, Teresa, we're over an hour. Um, We've uh, reintroduced the Mm N-word and talked about assholes and scrubbing (laughs) shit. So have you got anything else that you feel like, man, if I don't add that to the N-word scrubbing shit episode, like it's going to be a tragedy? I don't think I have anything to compete. I did have in the list of things... EPA regulated shit in our rivers, but we'll talk about that another time. So listeners, if you find yourself without Wi-Fi and living in a van and being deep in the woods like we are, you too may have time to think about these uh, poignant and relevant topics. (laughs) Amen. And the funny thing is like these topics actually are poignant and relevant for our lives. I don't know how how much it fits in anybody else's, but it's there if you want it. It's amazing that Gumby and I have known each other yeah. for oh, five years, going on six, and 
he's known me. We've known each other more living in the van than not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. I, I mean this dead seriously. Sometimes I do have concerns about my sanity. Yeah. Don't I, you? I still don't know if I exist or if you don't exist. Yeah. Teresa brought that up one time and okay, granted we were really high, but it has stayed with me. You wondered if I was your imaginary friend because you wrote down this thing when you were younger, this wishboard of things. Mm-hmm. And it was like all the stuff we've done. Yeah. And so it's like suddenly like that kind of fucked with me because I'm like, what are the odds somebody would have this life? I think I'm leaving, living, leaving, le- leading, leaving, <laughs> leaving. Yeah, we are leaving this life, aren't we? Mm. But what if I am an imaginary friend? Because I find that, tell me what this says about my mind. I find it more plausible that I'm the imaginary friend (laughs) than you are. I don't know what that says about me. Oh, I know I am the person talking to myself. Yeah. And people are just humoring me. Yeah. So when somebody says I'm your better half, I really am. Oh. Boom. All right. Do you remember any part of how we closed the show? Because if we don't have a closer, just, we might just have to keep talking and man. We don't have to do this all fancy. It's going to be the Obama episode again if we don't close it. If you're interested in us, you'll find us. Yeah. All right. So I'll just put my name out there because I got a YouTube channel anyway. I'm Gumby Montgomery. Um, I guess you can find us on Facebook. We post, you know, just kind of the way we talk. So <laughs> if you're still listening, you may be interested in some of the stuff that gets posted. Um, and. That's about it. I think we still have a website with a donate button, a big yellow donate button. Yeah. That presumably still works. Yeah, if you want to give us money, that'd be cool. Yeah, we like money. You know, it's useful. We're I can not... tell you all about my five-year plan of how to uh, rid yourself of all your money and become homeless in the woods. Yeah, we're followers of Paul, not Jesus. <laughs> so, and I guess that's about it. we got a YouTube channel, uh, Gumby Montgomery. you said that so many times. Well, did I mention that we have a YouTube channel? Still. Okay. All right. And seems like there was something else. Oh, if you have any questions, comments, or whatever, you know, drop us a line. We like hearing from our listeners. So uh, you can do that on the website or on Facebook. Challenge us, question us, what you got. So, bye. And we don't need it It's killing your kids So why do you feed it? They'll tell you to stay But you don't need to heed it You can give them the finger There's no time to linger So Thank you for listening to our song It's not very good And it went kind of long Don't care if you like it Cause we'll be gone Over that next horizon We ain't got no 